Hello, everybody. This is Catfish on Ice, episode 159. We are back from our two-week two week hiatus. Crazy, right? Uh, Rich looks okay over there. Kyle looks okay over there. I'm still in one piece. We are We're still on here. The last time we did a Catfish on Ice episode, uh, me and uh, Kyle Perkins did a State of the Union emergency press conference episode because the Preds were a mess. And they listened. They did. They did. I think it was all because of us, man. So we're back. I think so. We're back, for, we're back from hiatus. We've got our buddy Rich Howe back. He missed back. that episode. We missed uh, you so much. We, we missed you guys. We missed you. We missed everybody. Yeah, for sure. We missed last week because life happens. We were all busy. You know, that's what goes on in these times. But we're back. The family is all back together. The crew, we're ready to talk some press hockey tonight. <laughs> Mike Twitter. Mm-hmm. Sunday night catfish on ice. Have we ever done a Sunday night episode? That's a real I don't question. Think not, so. not that I can remember. If it would have been, it would have been like a game watch along, but I don't think so. I don't so. think we've ever done it. There's I a don't first, believe we have. There's a first for everything. So this is your host, Chad Minton, with our co-host, Rich Howe and Kyle Perkins, episode 159 of Catfish and Ice. We have so much to cover because we've missed a lot since our last episode. Uh, we're going to really get into the most recent game that the Preds played on Saturday night back yeah. home against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, a lot went on in that game, a lot to break down. Uh, it was a very close game, but if you look in the numbers, uh, we, we have some things to talk about with that game. Also, the recent stretch has been really good. Max Greenberg's in here. He says, Sunday night football and Preds. Yeah, well, go. let's turn off Sunday night football. Who's even playing right now? I don't even know. I have no idea. We're, we're a hockey podcast, Max Greenberg. I have not watched one full football game since football season started it was a crazy college football day on saturday the tennessee vols lost so they're not in the college football playoff anymore and the resident vanderbilt fan of catfish on ice we beat the florida gators everybody so um look at that i'm feeling kind of good right now it's been a good weekend for me that's quite the uh achievement yeah Yeah. we're on a we're on a two-game sec winning streak we beat the kentucky wildcats and we also beat the Florida Gators, so um, figured I'd drop that in there as a plug since Max Greenberg brought up football. Anyway, all right. <laughs> and 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 Kyle and I live in Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's football. Basketball no. season's here, gentlemen. All right. Nobody cares um, about basketball. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> we've got to talk about. So we, I got this new idea I came up with here. We are going to break down the NHL in terms of tiers here, and we've, we've got an idea here. The, Based on if you live yeah. in a really tall structure, you're in the penthouse suite, you're in the master bedroom, you're in the guest room, or are you in the basement? Or, or you could say you're in the outhouse. You're in the penthouse or the outhouse. There yeah. you go. We're, we're going to call it the basement. We'll, call we'll just it say basement. basement. We'll call it basement. We've got four tiers. We're going to break down the NHL based on which teams are in each tier. Where are the Preds? Where do we put the Preds in that category? I think it's going to be a really hard exercise here because, honestly, they are, they're toying with my emotions right now. I don't know where to put them. Sure are. I don't know whether to right. – 
I, I know I don't want to put them in the penthouse. I can go ahead and mark that one out there. But the other three categories I had to really think about. So um, that's going to be a fun, fun exercise there on Catfish on Ice. First of all, guys, I miss y'all. Uh, yeah. Rich, how have you been, man? You missed the last episode. We're happy to have you back. Doing good. Just work has been silly. So that's over now. So holiday week coming up. So missed you guys for sure. Um, it's been a crazy, uh, crazy few games. So yeah, ready we're going to get into all of it. We're going to get into the recent stretch of Preds hockey here that we missed here on the episode on Catfish on Ice. Uh, Kyle, how are you doing, man? The last time I really talked to you on this show, we were pretty upset about this team. It seems like maybe they're they're definitely playing a lot better since we did that episode. But um, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm pretty good now. Uh, <laughs> my my call up that I wanted happened. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm on cloud nine, I, and we're gonna talk about it. We're we are going. Awesome. I I have uh, wrote a couple articles about it on MorningSkate.com and also on Predlines. Um, the Uso Parson effect here on this team. And it's not just how he's playing as an individual, but it's also the ripple effect that he is making on this team. I think it's very valid. And I want to really dive into a lot of the things I'm seeing, what Rich and Kyle are seeing from it as well, because I think it is a really, really big deal for this team. And he needs to be up here to stay. I'll just start it off with that. But we're going to get into that more later. We'll have some NHL quick hitters as well. That's what we have in store for you for episode 159 of Catfish and Ice. Please subscribe to the mm-hmm. YouTube channel if you're watching live right now or if you're on Twitter, hit the follow button. We appreciate you also. We love live comments on these streams, so go do that as well. And we would love to get you in on the conversation. So it's more fun for us. Dude, it absolutely is. We have to ask real quick. One of us went to a hockey game since the last time we were all together. So, yeah, who, who so, might that be? It, 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 it's me. I'll go ahead and uh, share. The, uh, I'll break the suspense for everyone. I, I did go to my first Tampa Bay Lightning game since moving down here to sunny Florida, which is not so sunny today. It's like overcast and rainy, oh, wow. and in the fifties. Yeah, it's oh, like I feel so bad for you. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> the funny <laughs> that's what's funny. It was 12 Kyle, degrees when yeah, I Kyle put something on, on Twitter saying it was 12 degrees. I was like, oh my gosh, it's not even so, that cold okay. here. First of all, before I talk about the lightning game, you know what's so funny about living down here in Florida? First of all, I've been down here for like four months, and your body definitely acclimates to being warm all the time and sweating all the time. And so it's in the mid fifties today, overcast, gloomy, rainy, kind of makes me feel like I'm back in Tennessee. Cause that's how it is during the winter in Tennessee. And, um, yeah, I I've turned into a weakling. Like I've turned <laughs> into a weak Floridian because I was shivering. Uh, you see these Floridians walking around bundled up, like they're about to walk through the uh, Arctic circle. Like, and it's, it's mid fifties. It is raining, and the weather and the wind and the wetness doesn't make it any better when it's that cold. But, uh, yeah, people are weak down here. Yeah. They are. Well, one of, the, one of the things you said about Florida, the, the sweating, that's what keeps me out of Florida. So um, Yeah, that's what you get used to down here is you're just sweating all the time. 
Yeah, it's like 105 degrees. I'm like, no, this is, it doesn't get this, that hot. I, it, I've been there before when it's that hot. But yeah, anyway. but it's more just the sun's always beating on you, and it's just yeah. like it is definitely always humid. But um, I got one of the worst sunburns I've ever received at the Daytona 500. So, <laughs> oh lord. Well, yeah. So I did go. I did. I did go to my first Tampa Lightning game. They played the Dallas Stars. Uh, the, the the my good buddy who we brought up on this podcast before, who's the big Dallas Stars fan. We went to go see them play this past Tuesday. Got treated to a really, really great game. By the way, yeah. went to overtime. How is that arena? I've, that looks uh, uh, that arena just be. looks amazing. It it's very tip top. I would put it right on par with Bridgestone as far as the looks of it and the glamour of it. Like it's a mm-hmm. very, very gorgeous arena, and it's right in the part of downtown Tampa that's just like bustling. Like mm-hmm. it's right near the bay, <clears throat> near the water. There's plenty of places to go walk around and eat and do all that stuff. But so um, all- yeah, it's a really gorgeous arena. I wouldn't put it on Bridgestone Arena's level, and here's why. So I went in there, obviously, as a neutral fan. I did not wear any Dallas Stars colors, so no one come at me on that. Would That's never good. do that. Would never do that. Didn't wear Tampa Bay Lightning colors either. I was totally a neutral fan. So but, you were like Rob Lowe in all those pictures where he's got the NFL hat on at the Super Bowl? <laughs> I just hope everybody has fun. That's how I felt. It actually feels good when you go to a game like that, though. You kind of like let all the emotions go, and you're just like, I just want to see a good game. Uh, yeah, that's my, awesome. my buddy was a complete wreck because he hates the lightning because of the uh, bubble Stanley Cup because the lightning. Oh, beat yeah, the they beat the stars. Yeah, yeah so he, he hates right. the lightning. He can't stand him. But it was a really bad – it was a back-and-forth game, and we're going to talk about it later in this episode because we're going to do our NHL tiers. But the Dallas Stars, despite them losing in overtime in that game that I, I witnessed, they are legit. They are good. And I don't know how. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and there were yeah. a lot of Dallas Stars fans there as well. There were. <clears throat> it was a very cordial game. Nobody was really, like, talking crap to each other. It was just good hockey. Everyone was really in good shape. The uh, Lightning fans were really uh, – I guess I was guilty by association because I was sitting next to a Lightning fan. So, I guess they assumed I was a Stars fan as well. But, um. I'm not one of those people that goes to a game and decks out in in a team's uh, merchandise that's not even playing in the game. Like I've never done that. Yeah. Like, so I didn't wear Preds gear. I probably should have. But um, either way, it was a fun game. It's a great arena. There's plenty to do. I highly recommend it if you're a Preds fan and you're wanting to go to a road game sometime. Come down here to Tampa. It's, it it really is a lot of fun. It's a great arena. The fans cool. are really nice. They're really cool. But I will say. The atmosphere wasn't – maybe it was because it was a Tuesday night and maybe they weren't playing a big rival like the Bruins or the Panthers or one of their big rivals, but mm-hmm. the atmosphere was lacking. It was nothing sure. like going to a Preds game. I mean, the I fans – I wonder if it's where they've got so used to success. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. I can see that. I can see that. Um, they The fans definitely got into it later in the game when – it was like back and forth, and the Lightning ended up having to tie it late in the game to send it to overtime. Then they won in overtime. Um, I mean, it's not that they're not into the game. The fans are definitely into the game, and it was a packed house. It was. It ended up, the seats ended up filling up, and it was a Tuesday night game, so let's keep it in perspective here. Um, 
So I'm not taking anything away from the Lightning fans. It just it's, it wasn't the same. Like when you go to a Preds game at Bridgestone Arena, we all know this. Party. It is just Parents. a not. There's chance we have the World Cup going on right now, so we always. I always compare it to like going to a college football game or a soccer match where you got all the chance. Mm-hmm. You've got yeah. the nonstop chance, the nonstop energy. You don't really get that at a lightning game, at least the one I went to this past Tuesday. It was more or less like fans are sitting down, they're watching the game, they're very knowledgeable. It's not that they're not into the game or they're not cheering for the for their team, but it's just it was very, very different than going hmm. to a Preds game. I will say that. It's just not rowdy. No rowdiness. Yeah, but oh. it's a great arena. It is a really nice arena. It looks nice. It looks very nice every time <clears> I see <throat> it. And I didn't get to see the gigantic Russian Andre Vasilevsky in net. It was Brian Elliott. They played their backup. And I will say it was hilarious because uh, my buddy was like, he was like, man, I'm worried about this game. I don't think we're going to be able to score a lot of goals tonight because we're going up against Vasilevsky. I go, I go, dude. You guys are going up against Brian Elliott. I think He's you guys are. And I, and I literally looked at him and I go, dude, you guys are going to score. And I'm not making this up. I look at him and I go, you guys will score at minimum four goals tonight. I promise you, I swear on it. We can bet on it right now. You guys are going to score at least four goals tonight. And he looked at me and he goes, man, and the way the game started, he was like, man, he's like, it's not going <laughs> to happen. Like, because Brian Elliott looked kind of good at first. Like, <laughs> opened the game. He was making some good saves, you know, journeyman, NHL goaltender. You know, he gets a start every now and then behind Vasilevsky or whatever. And <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, calm down, dude. You guys are gonna get your goals. You're gonna score, you're gonna score your four. And the stars ended up scoring four goals. It went to overtime. They lost in overtime. So um I didn't get to see Vasilevsky. I didn't get to see that gigantic human in that spray puff. No, I didn't get man covering the whole, <laughs> covering the whole goal. There's like a spot like this big to score in against Vasilevsky, and that's it. It's the no, most ridiculous looking thing. That. It is. It is so ridiculous. I, this, I always remember that picture of when uh, they played the – Carey Price. Him and Carey Price, man. Carey Price looked like a little kid. Vasilevsky's like shaking his hand. He's so big. <laughs> Even like the undoctored image still looks like ridiculous. Oh yeah, oh, it's, it's ridiculous because he's twice as thick as Carey is. Carey's a grown man. Absolutely, <laughs> but Vasilevsky has not been his, as dominant this year as he normally is. But anyway, we're gonna do our team tiers. Let's go ahead and open up episode one fifty nine of Catfish on Ice with our recap of what happened against that same Tampa Bay Lightning team. For the Preds, just like the Stars, the Preds lose in overtime to the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that has gone to three straight Stanley Cup finals. They've won two of them. I know they lost a lot of – they lost some talent over the offseason with the salary cap, that darn salary cap. They had to lose some people. So, But they're still a very – very dangerous team in a stacked mm-hmm. Eastern Conference. So my biggest takeaway from this game that the Preds played against the Lightning is, thank God we got a point out of it. Oh, yeah. Amen. I've never been more happy about getting a point. It was yeah. close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was a really weird game. Um, I would say the Predators were lucky. Luck. And it was a big factor in this because Tampa Bay spent 
a huge amount of time on offense in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. And you just – a team like them, you cannot do that. You cannot let them have that many looks at, at the goal because they're going to they're gonna make you pay, and they did. They absolutely did. Um, yeah. The Predators, I think, just kind of lucked out a little bit. And unfortunately uh, – we'll go to Kyle here. I just want to say real quick, unfortunately – um, another really good start gets spoiled for UC Soros because he's mm-hmm. another reason, a big reason why the Preds pulled out a point in this game is uh, he he's starting to figure it out. He's starting to look more and more like the yep. Vesna Trophy goaltender that we know he is. Let's go to Kyle real quick. What did you think about the game, man? That's exactly what I was getting ready to say is uh, if Soros hadn't have been on his game like he was, this wouldn't have even been – Yep. A close game because Tampa was on it. They were they they were they were hauling the mail down the ice and they were they were in on every play. I mean, if if Juice wasn't on his game, then it was gonna, they were going to get blown wide open. He uh, he had robbed several of the Tampa Bay Lightning players of very good what normally would have been a goal for them shots for sure absolutely it, it was yeah he had a heck of a game and honestly that was one of the better games that the entire team has played all year mm-hmm. against a very good tampa team that <laughs> you know they were lucky to come away with that point but they played a heck of a game to get that point too so it was a fight we, for sure. we haven't we haven't done an episode since the preds have really gone on this recent Winning stretch. They've gotten points in in uh, what is it? Five of their last seven games. Uh, yeah. If you if you uh, count, like that, yeah, yeah. I mean they 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 won three in a row, and then they uh, lost this game to the Lightning, but they still get a point out of it. And they're 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 definitely figuring out. And this is what I've 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 kind of talked about this for the past week, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this because. We haven't really talked since I've been thinking about this. But the Preds are have they're starting to find their winning formula here. And their winning formula is not pretty breaking news. No. It but not. it doesn't matter what it looks like when you get two points in the standings. It just matters can you win and can you do the things that that you're best at. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to the Predators, I think what they're doing lately, and even in the game against the Lightning, even though they come away and they don't get the win, but they get a point, they've done it for the last four games for sure. They are have a combination of they're blocking a ton of shots. They're top ten in the league right now in block shots as a team. And you're seeing it constantly where they're blocking a ton of shots and they're trying their best to – put this team over the edge. They're trying to protect an early lead against the lightning. Philip Forsberg gets a oh. dart of a goal Whew. right off the bat. Laser. And so you're protecting. I mean, that's huge. I mean, against a team like the lightning getting that first goal and then you go into protection mode a little bit. It's huge for a team like the Preds in the way they play this team. I know they've had a couple comebacks here and there, and they've done some things where they've tried to come back in some games they came back against the Vancouver Canucks in that one win. This team's not built to make comebacks. I'm no. sorry they're not. 
They're not. They're not. They're not built that way. No. We are starting to look more like the old school Barry Trotz National Predators, where the team has to rely on really, really great goaltending, which luckily UC Saros is doing that lately. And the team has to block a lot of shots, and they have to get in shot lanes. They have to hit hard. They have to forecheck hard. And they've been doing that lately. Mm-hmm. But what – guys, I want to ask Kyle first. We'll go to Rich. Kyle, this offense is just completely asleep at the wheel for too long. And even in the wins, even in the wins, when they beat the Islanders, they were asleep at the wheel for the entire third period. And luckily, they snuck out with the win. But is this really sustainable? Well, <laughs> yeah. sustainable is a tough word. It's a long season. <laughs> it's a long season. And you can make an argument either way that, no, they're not going to be able to keep winning games this way. It's not a not a viable method. And you can also make the argument that as the season goes on, teams are going to get wore down and the way the Predators are playing them can be more effective. Um, That's a good point. Take, take the hit that Parson and laid on Kucherov um, mm. there at the end of the game. At the end you're getting the last 20 games of the season guys probably not getting back up from that near as quickly as Cooch did the other night. It's an interesting thought to see whether they actually can hold up against the rest of the league doing this or not for the long run. Yeah. I think, I think what you said, Chad, about protect protection mode, that's been their MO for the past the, – the wins, especially you look at that Islanders game, they came out just shooting the lights out on fire mm-hmm. and then limped to a finish and were lucky to win when they did. I they mean, looked wor- much worse in that game. They did. Yeah, all the all the wins, the, the three in a row and even this getting this one point against Tampa, they just – it seems like they just go into protection mode exactly like you said and just – and limp to a finish and yep. you know hope for the best and that's about and I, I know it was a I know it was a few games ago but it was still since the Preds have played four games since yeah. our last episode of uh, Catfish on Ice so I want to go all the way back to the win over the Rangers the, they got the whole streak started where they started to kind of flip a flip mm-hmm. a switch here in all this and they started playing this style that they've been playing now for four straight games. Um, that I remember distinctly in that Rangers game. Uh, Ryan McDonough laying his body out there. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a four-minute penalty kill they had to kill. You've got Panarin. You've got all these great scorers, Zibanejad. You've got all these great Kreider, Chris Kreider. The Rangers are just loaded with snipers. And they had a four-minute uh, power play, double minor, to yep. close out the game. Preds are protecting a 2-1 lead. They're a mess at that point. They haven't even they, they, that was right after our State of the Union emergency press conference episode. So w- the Preds were a mess then. Like they were just trying everything they could just to grab a win. And that was a big turning point for this team in my opinion. And mm-hmm. we might look back on that game uh let's fast forward like 3 or 4 months from now. We might look back at that Rangers game and think that was a turning point when this team started to play a certain way because 
I remember that four-minute penalty kill against the Rangers and Ryan McDonough blocking two shots on the same sequence within 10 seconds of, them, of each yep. other. And I remember when they killed that four-minute penalty and the game was almost over. There was only like a minute left at that point. Mm-hmm. And they killed that penalty. The crowd got up and they were cheering for their team for that gutsy penalty kill. And I remember Ryan McDonough skating to the bench, looking at his line mates and just shaking his head like, I had nothing left, boys. Yep. Like, I left it all out there. And you know what? I know that me and Kyle in the last episode, I remember talking about, I can't remember watching a Preds team that doesn't at least go out swinging. Like, they're mm-hmm. losing mm-hmm. in really bad fashion right now. Like, they're they're losing with no fight. They're losing with no, like, no passion. But lately, even in this loss of the Lightning, it wasn't pretty. But at least they get a point. They battle. They fight hard. We're starting to see this Preds team at least play with a more gritty style that we're used to seeing them play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, it's like a, a, a switch has been flipped a little bit, and they do play with that fight. They just they just have a problem with um, settling in and trying to hold on to a lead and not attacking as much. But it is good to see these past games – them putting up a fight because the stretch before that, and you know when you guys did the the podcast uh, two weeks ago, it was it was bad. I mean, it was just bad, bad hockey, bad to watch, no fun. Um, I've never really turned a game off before because they were losing really bad, but I did actually. I'm not fan, <laughs> but I, but I did. I, I turned it off. I was like, "There's this is ridiculous. It's it's hard to watch actually." But yeah. Things are looking yeah. up now, and that's that's good. And I think you know, and the and the, and the major critics of this team, the, the the fans that are just so tired of the media mediocrity, and they're so tired of being average, they're not sold yet. They're not no. sold on this little recent stretch, and I'm not saying they should be, but at the very least, this team has stopped the bleeding a little bit. Mm-hmm. And a big reason why is they're mm-hmm. they're getting into the really dirty areas, and they're making. They're making things happen. And so the Predators right now rank seventh in the league in block shots. Seventh in the league. So 304 block shots as a team this season, um, which ranks them seventh in the NHL. And they're also a top 10 penalty kill right now. Who saw that coming? So you've got a good combination here of UC Saro starting to find his rhythm again, which is obviously massive. We don't even have to like no, talk about that too much to know that that's huge. the obvious. They're one of the one of the best teams in the league at blocking shots, and they're actually a really really reliable penalty kill team right now. And so the question I have scrolling across the screen right now, if you're watching the live stream, is are the Predators relevant among the NHL's best teams? I don't know. I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't think they're quite there yet. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think they're there yet. Well, relevant just means like, do you think they can avoid being swept in the first round to a team like the avalanche again? Like, can they avoid right now where they sit right now doing what they did last season in the playoffs? Uh, I think they, I don't know. The last season playoffs are a little weird measuring stick because they didn't have sorrows. So there's a big one right there. the, The avalanche steamrolled everybody pretty much. So it's kind of a weird thing to measure it against but um I, I think at this point right now they they could 
win a couple of games, but I don't. And that's not good enough. I obviously, I don't. I don't think they're. I don't think it's they're not good enough for anybody. They're quite there yet. Um, I think they're getting there. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing. It's just not yet. Not yet. I've got to agree with Rich. Uh, I think they're close, but not quite. Uh, they're better than they were. Mm, for by, sure. Oh, yeah. By miles. They're miles better than they were. But I still don't know that I could see them beating them. <laughs> Maybe the Avs this year. They're not quite as untouchable as they were last year. But if they go up against a team like the Avalanche last year, whoever that might be at that point in time this year, I don't I don't know that your result's going to be that much different. I think they might win two. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I still think they're not going deep at this point. Mike Twitter, but, Mike Twitter is commenting on the Lightning game here. He's giving us a lot of good stuff here. Um, he says, can – can we blame Yuso for the overtime breakdown last night, though? Are you talking yes. to UC Parso or Parsonen? Yuso Parsonen. Yes, yeah. he made a mistake. Well, that's he going to happen. He's a young player. He's going to make mistakes. Is it, is um, it him or, or uh, Ekholm? I kind of blame Matias Ekholm a little bit. It was a bit of a group effort. I guess so, yeah. But, um, also, yeah. also, Mike Twitter jumps in and says um, – what I would say from watching opposing teams' feeds of the game, which I like to do that too. I like to watch with the ESPN Plus subscription. You can choose yeah. which broadcast you want to watch. Um, I like to hear what the opposing broadcasts say about the Predators, and it's always pretty enlightening. But Mike Twitter says, what I would say from watching opposing teams' feeds of the game, none of them count the Predators down. I, I've heard that as well. Like, they get a lot of respect from the opposing broadcast a lot of times. Hmm. That's good. So that's Yeah. All right, thanks for the thanks for the comments, Mike Twitter. Our good buddy Mike Twitter has been with us from almost day early, one. almost day one. Yeah, since we've day been on YouTube for one. sure. Yeah. So we love you, man. We appreciate <clears throat> you commenting. All right, so um, some other things I really saw, really from the Lightning game, and I think we've all kind of already said this: is the Predators got to feel lucky to get a point because that game was definitely dominated by the Lightning. It was another game where the Predators just really couldn't muster up a lot of offensive pressure. And, um, I mean, you're looking at the stats on Money Puck here. The expected goals were dominated by the Lightning. But look at this. Here's something I stumbled upon just looking at this game earlier today. And it's kind of a really – it's a really bad – compare. it's a really bad stat. You don't want to really see this. So, Cody Glass, Ellie Tolvanen, and Cole Smith, led the team in expected goals percentage. Like, they were the three most dominant offensive players. That's weird. For the Predators. And two of the three will be benched the next game. Possibility. Here's where where it'll frustrate you even more. Those three players had the lowest time on ice in this game. I'll guarantee it. So your three most – Offensively effective players also had the lowest time on ice. I mean, I, when I saw that, I'm like, how is that possible? Like, that's yeah. horrible. Guess who was number four on your team for expected goals percentage? You never want this player to be number four on your team. <laughs> Jeremy Lazan. Oh, wow. Really? Jeremy Lazan wow. was number four. Dante Fabro. So, a lot of your defensemen were all leading your offense, which was very little. Um yeah, uh, you don't you sure. don't want to see this, but guess who's at the rock bottom on this list against the Lightning? Ryan Johansson. Really? Yeah, it's, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. all your guys that you need to really push the offense, <clears throat> even even with Forsberg scoring a goal, he's still really far down there. He kind of he got he got the early goal, but then he was kind of like just not able to get loose. And the Lightning are a very good defensive team. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. What about y- your boy Cole Smith? Unluckiest dude on the team, right? Got to be. He cannot that buy poor a goal. Guy, man. This poor guy cannot buy a goal to save his life. I mean, life. he's hit the pipe. I can't even think how many times it is. When he scores that first goal, man, oh, he's everyone's going to go, go nuts for him. The, the, whole, the whole locker room is going to go nuts for him, and they should do that because the As dude, he's – I still think there's better options out there, but, hey, for whatever reason, he is he a mainstay be, in this lineup yeah. now. He's showing them something in practice, I guess. I don't know. It's he fits the mold of this team. He fits what John Hines wants in his don't team. Don't say it. Don't say he, it. Identity. Fits the identity. <laughs> uh, we have to say it. We have to say it. He does fit the identity. He does. Uh, we're about to get more into Yuso Parson and the effect he makes on this lineup, but I just wanted to throw some love to Yuso Parson. The dude does other things, everybody. The dude won six of his nine faceoffs in this game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, scrap. That was good to see. Taking I mean, up he himself. does other things. He he was pretty quiet offensively. In fact, very quiet. Um, he did get an assist in the game, but he didn't get he didn't register any shots on goal. So he was quiet as far as shooting the puck. But he's make he's playing like an NHL veteran. It's so impressive to see how this young of a player can find his place in the lineup, and it might not be scoring goals every game, and that's. It's so hard to find that in such a young player like him. And so, sure. I mean, he if he so, gets yanked, if he gets yanked out of this lineup, then oh, I think every, everyone's going to be I think he's your new first line center. I think he has he, to be. Yeah, I think you're right. So I looked up on hockey reference uh points. So he is uh number 9 on the whole team with for for points with 5 in in four games, but the top 8 are all have 18 games. Um, yeah, um, Cole Smith obviously is underneath him. Tanner Janot, Tolvanen, Sissons, Trennan, all those guys are, are, are have played way more games than Parson and and have fewer points. So he just look. That's, that's I can't boring. get over. I I can't get over how comfortable he looks uh, from literally the first minute he played of ice time in his first mm-hmm. game. I cannot get over how comfortable he looks and our. And Kyle Perkins, you called it, man. Like you, you have been it, talking sir. about this guy. I want to. I'm literally going <laughs> to. One day, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look back at some of our past episodes over the summer, and I'm going to find some clips of you because I know they happen of you talking about you so Parsonin, and I'm going to share them to the world, and just you can just bask in your glory because you had some really good points about Parsonin yeah. over the off season. When very few people were talking about him, other we we know about on the future. I think who uh, who didn't was you talking about the, it for a long time? You called the early call up too, didn't you? Yep, I said yep. he would be the first call up. I remember that. Yeah. So, and he doesn't. He, he needs to be. He needs to be in the Preds lineup. I th- I don't think he's going, going anywhere. Um, Carl Taylor, when he they asked him about him, and his comment was, "He's a pro." <laughs> And that coming from Taylor's about as high of a praise as you could ask for. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Yusuf's not doing anything different than what he's ever done. If you could go back and watch him playing for uh, 
TPS over in Finland, he is doing the same exact things he's always done. Very defensively sound. Most of his offensive chances come off of his defense, like uh, the stick lift the other day that he turned into the goal. Uh, just little things like that. He plays such a good 200-foot game that it's it's going to be really hard to knock him out of that top mm-hmm. center spot because they don't have anybody else that talented to play that spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm 100%. And so that far, g- go ahead. Well, I was, well, was going to say that gets us in. Let's go ahead and open up our next topic of Catfish and Ice, episode 159, and that is the Uso of Parson effect on this lineup. Kyle's already talking about it. Um, it's huge. Like, it's a ripple effect yeah. here. Like, it, it really – affects this entire Preds team and how the rest of the team gels. It's like putting a puzzle together when you're trying to put these lines together. And Yuso Parson, I know it sounds kind of corny, but Yuso Parson, it could li- literally be the missing piece of the puzzle that John Hines was looking for to make this season work. Is that what you're kind of seeing, Kyle, on that? Like, is that possible? Absolutely. Because – one of the big things for him is his work ethic. Um, you talk about Janot and his work ethic, work ethic to make his way up. Well, Parson is the same way. He was a seventh-round pick, a kid that probably should have never, never sniffed the NHL if you go by picks and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Um, and – when you see somebody like that out there working that hard, whenever your stars per se see this kid out there playing like that, that's going to inspire them to do better. Maybe out of embarrassment or just motivation, I can't really say, but if I'm, if I'm Philip Forsberg and I'm on the line with this kid and you see him driving somebody through the wall every single time they come into the zone or, anything like that, I'm going to feel like, hey, I need to do more since he's doing more. So I think that's kind of lit a fire under the rest of the team, just his general work ethic. Yeah. So to to speak on that, um, I think it was against the Islanders. (coughs) I think it was against the Islanders late in the game. Uh, Parsonen made a kind of a rookie mistake. I think he turned the puck over or – Made, made kind of a – yeah, he definitely turned the puck over and Soros had to make a really good save. It happens, even to the best of them. And I remember seeing him skate to the bench and oh. Forsberg, For, Forsberg was sitting to his left and Forsberg kind of nudges him and looks at him. And I don't know exactly what he said, but I tried to read lips. And basically it looked like a the, the, the equivalency of saying like, hey, man – Turn the page, like it happens. Like it, like I, I want to think he said something to that regard. But what, what was so cool about it, seeing it, is Parsonen has that literally that eye of the tiger. Like he just looks like you know what, I'm focused on the next play. Yeah, and, like, and he was really upset. Like he was really upset mm-hmm. with himself. So you guys know what play I'm talking about? I do absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, I thought it was really sure. cool. I thought it was really really <laughs> cool of Forsberg to pick the rookie up. Like that, because that's going to yes. happen. Like Parsons going to make mistakes. Everybody, like the dude mm-hmm. is not—he's human, but he's like—he's definitely—he's not a robot. Like he's going to make mistakes. Some of them might end up in the back of the net. You have to live with those things when you call a rookie up. 
but his all the great things he's bringing to this lineup right now far outweighs some of the mistakes he might make. They far outweigh him, in my oh, opinion. A lot. So for sure. Let me. I kind of wanted to talk about uh, some other things I'm seeing out mm-hmm. of how he's affecting the lineup right now. Um, and it, the biggest thing is how how having Yusuf Parson in this lineup can literally give John Hines a chance to actually have a stable four lines that he can roll with, occasionally swap some guys out here and there for maintenance days or whatever. But the, I really feel like the the ripple effect of Yusuf Parson gives you a top six that you can feel really mm-hmm. good about. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, Yusuf Parson is playing with Phil Forsberg right now, and he's playing with Mikel Granlin. Yes. That's a really good lineup. That's that a really a good, good top line. And you're getting to see Parson play with two established veterans. This could actually unlock the potential for Mikel Granlin to actually start getting more involved offensively and start scoring some goals because he has that ability. What I really love about it, and this is the ripple effect I'm talking about here, is I love – we didn't see it against the lightning, unfortunately, but maybe we'll see it more going down the road. I hope so. But the, the second line that you're seeing of Niederreiter, Johansson and Duchesne. They look good. You've got, you've got a three pronged veteran second line. There is no excuses for that line. Not to be very, very productive. You got three veterans who have been in this league. They've got great skill sets. They, you got three guys who can distribute the puck. You've got great skaters. You've got Duchesne, who is probably the is definitely the best skater out of those three. You've got Niederreiter, who's a great two way player, and then you've got Johansson, who's a great distributor. I love it, but that doesn't happen necessarily if you don't have Parson in, in the mix here. Mm-hmm. So that's so kind of what I'm getting out of that. You can't because there's not an option. Exactly, there's, yeah, there's no other options to put in the lineup you have to leave them the way they were yeah so it's a big deal here that if Parsonick can stick which I think he will then suddenly Hines has the ability to have a really good top six and and then the bottom six obviously is going to be Mm -hmm. a work in progress but you know we've talked about Mark Jankowski guys and he should not be overlooked in all this (laughs) yeah who's hurt he's got dinged up yeah, well, but unforeseen. No one yeah. brought up Mark Jankowski going no. into the season. I, another thing I like is um, his willingness to break up uh, the herd line. I think yeah. I think I think that that ships might have sailed by now. Um, unfortunately, yeah. they're just not. Uh, producing like they had been. Well, Yakov Trenin's been out of the lineup too. He really. has been. That's true. But I, I, I do know. I think even when he was in, he he had split him up. Which, you know, I, I think it was finally time to admit that that wasn't working anymore. So, I mean, we look at uh, they had uh, Johansson, Forsberg, and Arvidsson, and for so long, and they kept trying and trying and trying and trying mm-hmm. to make that work, and it never it yeah. just lost its magic. It worked for a bit, and they just kept trying to recapture that. <laughs> yeah. 
And as much I as mean, we all love the herd line, maybe the the ship has yeah. sailed. Two years is a long run for a line. Sure is. I mean, Absolutely. there's there's a big problem right now with the Preds' offense, and it continued against the Lightning. Is they're they're going on these really long spells in games where they just can't even test the goaltender. They can't even find oh, yeah. they can't even find sustained offense at all. And so, I mean. They that's true. They they might not make the playoffs if they can't remedy this. I know they're winning recently and they've been winning ugly and they've been riding on the back of UC Soros being yep. really stellar. They've had some really great penalty killing lately, as we talked about. But like I asked earlier, is it sustainable? Me personally, I don't think it is. So they're gonna have to start at least getting somewhat some of that crazy offensive production that we saw last season from guys like Forsberg. I, Forsberg is a point-per-game guy this year. Which yeah, he's is, not doing no bad. One's, no one's talking about that, but he's quietly a point-per-game player right now. He's atop the point leaderboard for the Predators. So. Yeah, I mean, but it's – we got the season leaders scrolling across the screen right now. Uh, yeah, Forsberg oh, leads the team uh, in points, <clears throat> goals – all that stuff. But, yeah, it's – the offense you, is going to have to wake up here. Yeah, you want to see more. Um, which – I think it was the Rangers game. Um, Parsonen and Janikowski, those are your two goal scorers. <laughs> and it's like, I know, you know. Yep. Well, where they, weren't going against, they weren't even going against uh, Igor Shosturkin. They were going against Yaroslav Halak. They've actually been lucky to play some backup goaltenders lately. Mm -hmm. they've, yeah, they've, they've been a little sure. fortunate for sure. But we need, we need to say hi to some folks real quick. Nikki stopped in. She said she's driving somewhere. She wanted to just say hi. And then Lindsay said, hello, friends. It's been we a while. We haven't seen Lindsay in a while. We no. miss you, Lindsay. No. Yep. And Nikki. Thank you, Lindsay and Nikki, yep. who's sure. in our fantasy hockey league right now. <laughs> Had a bad week. Gentlemen, on that, the anyway. defending the defending champion Kyle Perkins is quietly in second place and defending his crown right now. So look at him, look at him go, look at him go. <laughs> anyway, you got the Mister Burns from The Simpsons laugh over there. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> All right, we're about to move on here. We're about to break down our tiers of the entire NHL from the penthouse to the outhouse basement, basement. whatever you want to call it. We'll Where are we going to put the Preds? Before we do that, let's throw some love to DraftKings, our awesome and amazing sponsor. It's been with us for so long and supports us. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on NHL team, any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So basically – you're going into a slate of NHL games. Let's say it's a Monday or a Tuesday. You're scrolling through the DraftKings Sportsbook app. They list all the games for you all conveniently on your app. You just join the app, and you come across a matchup, and you're like, I'd be a fool to not take this team. Well, that's what you do with this offer right here. And all you got to do is throw down $5 to pick the team you think is going to beat the other team. It doesn't matter what the spread is or what the odds are. Just take the team you think is going to win, and you can win $150 in free bets from that. 
If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So while the game's going on, you can get into more bets, same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see our show notes below for details on any gambling help that you may be seeking. There's numbers you can call. There's ways you can contact support if you have a gambling problem. Yep. I have a gambling tip. Oh, go ahead. Finish DraftKings. I was going to say DraftKings is awesome. They're there for you. It's one of the best sporting apps out there. They are the best sporting betting app out there. And it's very user-friendly, and you can withdraw and get your cash whenever you want. So go get it with our promo code THPN. I have a betting tip. I I don't bet. I very rarely, if ever, bet. Here's your your tip. Ready? Um, Place a bet on the the team whoever is going to play New Jersey to win because surely they're going to lose within the next game or two. They have to. They're due. They're on a 12-game winning streak. It's incredible. So surely they're going to lose in the next game or two. Who saw that coming? Who saw the New Jersey Devils coming? I certainly didn't. Not me. I mean, Greg Wyshynski is a fan of that team. Openly will admit it, and he's just like, I don't know. I don't understand. It's crazy. (laughs) So So a lot of time left. That – Takes us perfectly into our next segment of episode 159. Episode 159 of Catfish on Ice. We are about to break down the entire NHL in terms of tiers. And we're doing it based on if you're all sharing a house together. If all the NHL, picture it like this the entire league is sharing a big condo or big house together with all these bedrooms. Which like NHL teams are in the penthouse suite that's overlooking and has a great view with a private bathroom and a jacuzzi and a fireplace, all that great stuff? Who's in the nice little master bedroom? Who's in the guest room, which is very basic, but still a nice room? And then who's in the – I get, you know what? Outhouse sounds better than basement. But I said basement. But either way, who's in – Who's slumming it up in the basement these days in the NHL? That's how we're doing our – normally we do our battle for the central power rankings. We're going to actually just do it this way this week. We're going to do the NHL tiers based on where they're staying in the house. Remember that show on MTV called Real World? Oh, yeah. Where they all stayed in the same yeah. house together? That's that's yeah. what I'm – I'm thinking like NHL Real World style. Like who's staying in the nice part of the house and who's staying yeah. in the who's staying in the basement. So I'm about to scroll – my short list of teams, and I want you guys to react to it. You're going to see it on the bottom of the screen, all right? All right, let's see. So my, my NHL tiers. I got Bruins, Avs, Golden Knights, Leafs, Hurricanes, and Stars in the penthouse right now. I think, I think now. you left somebody out of the penthouse, the New Jersey. No, I don't trust them. Oh. All right. It's a long season, gentlemen. It is. Mm. And I might eat my words later. There's a lot of teams scrolling across the bottom of the screen right now. I know, guys. It's a lot to take in right now. It's a lot to process. You've you've broken it up pretty good. 
I don't know if you guys missed where I have the Predators, but I have the Predators in the guest room right now. I think that's a good spot for them, and that's what I would say for sure. Like they've mm-hmm. been wel- they've been welcomed into the house, but the host, uh, which is the NHL, they're saying, you know what? We're just gonna we're gonna send you to the guest room over there. Like it's not that fancy, but you can stay in the guest room. You even got Carolina in there before New Jersey. I just don't trust them. I'm sorry, guys. It's nice. It's a nice story. They can easily go on a six-game losing streak after this. They could. And then what are we going to say after that? They could, for sure. Um, it's like, um, where are they at? St. Louis. Yeah, they were. They were definitely in the bottom on the bottom tier for a while, and then and now, now, now they've like won a six-game six streak. Now they've won a six. You're right. Row, yeah. You're right. You're so right. It's the the league is very helter skelter right now. It's back and forth. I think. it's – Everything's about to start taking shape. I might eat my words on the Devils. I'll gladly do it. Yeah, but I do not trust them. I've looked. Well, at I definitely lineup. agree with with Boston and and those guys. Um, I haven't watched any of the, the New Jersey Devil games, but I have watched the Boston games. Those dudes are legit. They've put it together. So yeah, I mean, I, I think the way they're playing is it's pretty sustainable for those guys. So um, I don't know anything about Jersey, so I can't comment on them, but. Um, what about what do you think about my tears, Kyle? Like, is there is there so besides the Devils, is there a team that's jumping out to you where I'm way off on it? And according to you, like a team that I have in the wrong spot or something? Uh, I wouldn't. There, there's the a Leafs, lot of teams coming after coming at you right now. The Leafs. I wouldn't oh. put the Leafs in the top tier. You don't really? trust the Leafs. I don't trust them at all. Oh, the Leafs. Okay. Um, They're going to do the letter Kenny leave in the first round again. You don't trust Austin Matthews. And did y'all see that? It was a while ago, but did you see where his entire team stuck up for him and he was clowning around like, Oh, I did uh, see that. that oh yeah. That happened. Who was that against? It was a while. Oh. It, was like, it was a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, um, I don't remember, but people his like whole, gave him crap for his, it. Yeah. His whole team came up to bat for him and he was the one that started the whole tussle to begin with. And then he's just like letting his whole team, like fight for him and he's just mm-hmm. like standing back being a clown and it's like it's a bad look for the one of the best players in the league you know yeah like you don't mm-hmm. want your you don't want one of your poster childs of the team of the league doing that kind of thing it looked weak but i, I've I never, just i've never really seen him getting a in a, any kind of like fight though really no he you won't he i mean won't. i know he's not a he's no not he'll a, be an instigator austin matthews yeah, will sure. be an instigator all day mm-hmm. i think i think austin matthews is trying to avoid being the next Sidney crosby when it comes to um getting picked on because mm. Sidney crosby used to get have a target on his back in his prime they used to, yeah. like teams used to target him and the league would definitely give him the benefit of the doubt and give him a lot of calls but Sidney Crosby was the same way, but he was a lot more buttoned up about it. Austin Matthews likes to chirp, and yeah. he likes he likes to add fuel to the fire, but he sure. he won't actually engage. He'll and all of his teammates will go to battle for him, and I just think that's a bad look. Yeah, I agree. I remember. I do remember seeing that. He was like laughing about it. I can't remember. Somebody was in the middle of that who normally doesn't fight too, but I don't remember. Oh, his entire was. team went out to bat for him. Yeah. He was just like sitting back laughing about it. I'm like, yeah. that looks bad on your teammates. Yeah. Like, I'm sure behind closed doors, I bet a lot of his teammates were not happy about how that unfolded. I can't remember if like Mitch Marner was in on that. I'm sure he was. That dude, I mean, yeah, you definitely don't want that dude anywhere near any kind of fight. So, 
So let me kind of let me expand on my penthouse team. So obviously the Bruins are just mowing through the entire league. And I will say that I think there is a distinct difference between the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference this year. Vast. It ain't even close. Vast the Eastern Conference is very, very stacked with great teams. I think the mm-hmm. Western Conference is a little watered down, which might work out great for the Predators. I think the Predators are right in the middle of that muckiness, that watered-down conference that I think the West has kind of become. Take out a couple teams up at the top. Uh, the Golden Knights are playing great. I think the Avs, even though I got the Avs still in the penthouse, I do. Because, again, kind of like I don't have respect on the Devils right now because it's so early in the season, it's kind of the opposite for me with the Avs. I think they're going to eventually round things out. The Avs are dealing with a ton of injuries right now. Um, it's all going to round out for them. So I still got the Avs in the penthouse for right now. They're still yeah. – and they're defending Stanley Cup champs. So I'm not moving them out of the penthouse yet. But the, I'm just not. the players, the players they've lost though, you can tell there's a little bit of a chink in the armor for sure because of the guys they don't have anymore. But yeah, yeah. I mean they're still powerful. I mean, that's and I'm, sure. I'm not going to move the Hurricanes out of the penthouse yet because they're my Stanley Cup pick. Before we even the season started, I, if you guys nice. remember, I had Hurricanes taking out the Avs in my Stanley Cup prediction. I'm not going right. to move. I'm not going to move away from that. So I got the Hurricanes in the penthouse. Here's a team I did not think I would have in the penthouse right now. That is the Dallas Stars, gentlemen. And yeah. I saw, them, oh, saw yeah. them live this past week against the Lightning. They lost in overtime just like the Preds did just now. But the Stars are legit, guys. They are they are very a very balanced team. They've got great goaltending with Jake Ottinger. They've got a good backup goaltender. They've got – they're in good shape. Yep. I will agree with that. Ottinger yeah, makes that team very viable. Yes, he does. For sure. Is there is there any so you guys would both put the devils in your penthouse right now? I, it's hard not to. Hard You're not buying to what they're selling. You're buying what the buying devils what are selling. selling a bit. Yeah, for sure. I don't know about Florida. 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 They're about middle of the pack. Well, that's kind of where you have them. They're kind of in the middle a little bit. So um your bottom your bottom tier is spot on, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except for hey, the Blue Jackets, they're another team that's hard to figure out. The Blue Jackets beat the Panthers tonight five to three. It was a pretty quiet night in the NHL, but the the Blue Jackets beat the Panthers and then the uh Blackhawks are starting to come back down to reality after kind of starting off kind of okay. They lose to yeah. the Penguins five to three. So yeah, that that's weird because like I don't know nobody likes Chicago or whatever, but like they were playing really good, like they were doing really well, and now man, they're just they're on a three game losing streak. But um, maybe so if you maybe the reality hit them. If you it's I know it's really early in the season. Like most teams are only 15, 16, 17, 18 games through the season. But if you look at the Central Division right now. Second place and sixth place is separated by three points. Yep. And the Predators are right in the middle of it with 18 points. So, obviously, we can't make any sweeping conclusions right now on how the Predators fit into all this. But But at the very least, they've stopped the bleeding. Yeah. And they're right in the middle of it. 
then when you look at the Metropolitan and the Atlantic, first to six is separated by like 12 and 13 points, which – And that's how it was uh, last season too, which, if I remember correctly. Which, it was the yeah, same which talk, speaks to the fact of what you said about how the, the Eastern Conference is like just power, very powerful. Mm-hmm. I think your Stanley Cup champion is going to come from that, the East, I would think. Yeah, it, it feels that way for sure. feels that way for sure. Uh, yeah, so in my – in my master bedroom, I do have the Panthers still in there, which I kind of want to pull them out of it after losing the Blue Jackets tonight. But I've got the Panthers, I got the Lightning, I've got the Rangers, the Oilers, the Jets, and the Kraken in my the master Kraken. bedroom. Whoever thought that too, yeah. The Kraken look good in their second they're year of being really an well. NHL team, and they're an easy mm-hmm. team to cheer for too. I mean, they are. Mm-hmm. The yeah, guests, there's not a lot of not a lot of hate there yet. The guest bedroom is like a lot of. I mean, you're average, you're you're not and no one wants to be in the guest room. You'd rather be staying in the master bedroom at least. But that's kind of where the Preds find themselves. They they don't have a lot of amenities. They're in that guest room. Like you get a you get a decent little bed, you get like a a nightstand, maybe a small little TV, but it's not fancy. That's where the Preds are. They're in the guest room for me. Yeah. They're uh they're actually toward the bottom. Um there's some teams like Montreal is actually ahead of them. And if you look at the whole, um, the whole league, um, yeah, they, they're, they're kind of in the, you get to stay in the guest bedroom for a little bit, but you might get kicked out if you don't like yeah. start doing the dishes or something. <laughs> You're not pulling your weight in the, in the, in the house. So, well, the, the Preds like to cause a lot of drama. Like they like to fight. They like to do a lot of the bad things. So they might get kicked down to the basement very quickly. Yeah, there you go. They've actually tampered down on the penalties this year, gentlemen. They're not leading the league in penalties anymore. They're, like, still top ten, but they're not the most penalized team. They have, but it seems like they don't have a little bit of their edge they had last season. They can't find a happy medium. It's like they, they're either going to, like, try to beat everybody up or they're not going to beat anybody up. So yeah, they need to find the, the middle ground there and get a little bit of that uh, raw edge back to them. So that is our NHL tiers, and that's where I've got the Predators. They're in the guest room. Speaking of penalties, I know we haven't talked in a bit. I really wanted to see Tanner Janot just, like, dismantle Ryan Reeves. I was so – as soon as those guys started squaring off, I was like, yes, here we go. This is going to be awesome. And it wound up – It was so up, boring. It really not wound up being that awesome. So, All right, so we got, we got Mike – um, we got Mike Twitter jumping in. Will the Preds beat the Devils on December first with me in the house? Yes, that's a that's that game's coming up really soon. That should be a good game. That's two awesome, teams, dude. two teams that don't play each other very often, so those are always fun matchups. Lindsey jumps in and says, "I don't trust the Leafs at all." <laughs> Thank you, Lindsey. That's because you. That's because she. Canadian teams like when you you like your team and you hate the other ones. So I also have her Calgary Flames in the guest room, by the way, with the Predators. They're they're bunk mates at this point. And then uh, Lindsay also says, also the Oilers are too high. I don't trust them at all. Mainly they're goaltending. I am not. not... Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, we'll take your we'll take we your know, word for it. We know who Jack Campbell used to goaltend for. We know how much you hate Toronto. That's funny. Yeah, so it's always fun watching the Western Conference and how it shakes out because it's it's always a close race until the end. 
All right, gentlemen, we're about to round up, round out episode 159 of Catfish on Ice, brought to you by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network with Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. We're back from the two-week hiatus. The Predators get to take on the Arizona Coyotes up next. Um, safe to say we need to come out with two points there, gentlemen. I mean, am I going out on a limb there? Uh, they pretty Maybe. much got to. <laughs> The Arizona Coyotes live in my nightmares because all I can think about is how that last season ended and UC Soros getting hurt in that game mm-hmm. and uh, the Predators figured out a way to lose. And then we figured out, oh, we're playing the Avalanche in the first round and then the rest is history. We get swept. We were literally covering that game live on a Catfish and Ice episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I remember as soon as – yes, that's it. As soon as Soros got hurt, Kyle was like – what is happening? What's going on? I think on? I was in the middle of like saying, I think I was in the middle of saying something really like a really good, I was making a really good thought. And then I watched Kyle on the other end of the screen, like, just like stone cold. And we were like, we were like, is this, is his skate messed up? Cause he was like favoring his leg and like lifting it up. Was like, his skate's got to be messed up. Nope. So the the Coyotes kind of opened up the season being like a little feel-good story. They were winning some games. People were kind of happy for them. Kind of like the three-legged dog and you just root for them, you know, type of thing. It's kind of how I look at the Coyotes. Like, um, But they're kind of coming back down to reality. They've lost three in a row. They lost to Vegas 4-1. to one. They lost to the Rangers 4-1. to one. They lost to the Devils. But I will say – the Predators better come out and be ready to play. The Predators are not a good enough team right now to take anybody lightly. Anybody. No. I don't care who it is. Nope. You are not a good enough team right now to not come out taking every team Absolutely. like it's a Stanley Cup game. Um, yeah, you can't. None, none of them ever, ever should do that, actually, in the NHL because they're all – capable of beating each other on any given night. The Coyotes are going to have a three-day break going into this game. Last time the Coyotes were out, they lost 4-1 to one to the Golden Knights. Um, they will must have we finals. See, they got papers will, to write. <laughs> will we see Connor Ingram in net? That would be really odd if oh, they throw Connor cool. Ingram in net. I hope that not because be that would just be really awkward. So, Connor yeah, Ingram. Connor Ingram last played a game a week ago, and he gave up four goals to the Rangers. So, I don't know. It's possible we might see Connor Ingram. I'm just – I don't know for sure, but it's possible. And that's going to be really weird. And if the Coyotes want to be trolls and throw Connor Ingram out there, (coughs) might be a little strange. I don't know. Yeah, um, looking at the schedule for the rest of November, they got um, Arizona, Detroit, Colorado, and then Anaheim on the 29th. So, yep, got it right there at the bottom of the screen. A lot of winnable games coming up, though, if you really look at it. Um, If you're just going off paper matchups here, Arizona, Mm -hmm. Detroit, Columbus, which, I mean, that's the worst loss of the season is how they lost to Columbus, in my opinion. Um, Anaheim's (laughs) – Probably the worst team in the league right now. I would say Anaheim is fair to say. So you've got plenty of opportunities on the upcoming schedule to get some points here. Get two points, not just one. Need to be getting two points in a lot of these games. You get Colorado at home. 
Uh, you get Columbus at home. And a lot of home games recently. So the Predators are trying to win back the fan base right now because the fan base is pretty fed up. They've been fed up for a long time, but they're really fed up right now. Man, so, yeah, Twitter was rough when they were going through their little stretch in the beginning, man. Mm-hmm. And I think they're still really ticked off. I don't think these last couple wins really have changed anything. Yeah. But if the Predators games. in these next uh, six games we're looking at here on the bottom of the screen, if they can win four out of those six – then I think that the Predators can get back to a place where we can start kind of buying their stock again. Like we can start actually getting back, taking them seriously. But I'm very cautious about that right now because I could totally see them have a really bad game against a team like Arizona or a Mm -hmm. team like Detroit, which I know Detroit's on the up and up and they're getting a little bit better. But – we're, we're talking about some winnable games here coming up in the upcoming schedule, and the Predators need yep. to take care of business. They need to keep their foot on the gas the whole time. They need to nope. keep playing the way they've been playing. I want the offense to wake up, but I like yep. what they're doing defensively. Mm-hmm. And I do oh, yeah, think sure. that yeah. they can build off of this. Yeah. I think, and that's kind of where we're at with it. I think putting Yossi and McDonough together was kind of a pretty cool thing. So – Seems to I think that out worked out very well. Yeah. Better than the other one. Other other uh, places he's been, for sure. Mm-hmm. So. How, and how about the defensive pairings? Jordan Gross just vanished like a magic trick. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Everyone sure was talking about him, and then he just <clears throat> never to be seen ever again. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, it's really weird. They're sticking with Jeremy Lazan and Dante Fabro, it looks like. And that's not too bad. And I we mean, have not – we also um, – uh, have you guys heard any updates on Mark Borowiecki? Because I have not. And what's going mm-hmm. on with him right now? Nothing. I, I haven't heard a word. So I'm, I'm, I'm really worried about that, dude. I hope that it's not something really serious behind closed doors that we don't know about because yeah. you're talking about one of the most likable Preds players that I've ever cheered for. Like the guy is just solid, 100, great person. He's been through so much. And I haven't heard any updates about him – Mm-mm. As far as why he's not been in the lineup lately, I know he. I mean, has he played really since he took that really bad hit? No, no, no he hasn't played at all. He yeah. was concussed, so I don't know if no. that. I mean, I, I, it really worries me that that could be like the beginning of the end of his career, and I hope not. But the dude's already been through so much; it might be really hard for him to come back from something like yeah. that. I hope that's not the case, because like. Nikki said, "Last I heard, he was healing well, although no timeline." Yeah, and yeah. I mean, he's getting and he's getting towards the end of his career as ter- in terms of hockey years. He's getting mm-hmm. on up there a little bit, and I just don't. I, I hope that it's not the last time we've seen him in a Preds uniform, but it does have me nervous when it comes to that. But right now, the Preds are pretty much rolling with a consistent top six um, defensive mm-hmm. pairings here. Yeah. And it's it's well, Jeremy uh, it's Jeremy Lazan and <clears throat> it's Dante Fabro and it's your top four core defensemen. Mm-hmm. Well, the first I think the first night they put uh, Yossi and McDonough together, Yossi had four assists. So yeah, yeah, Yossi must, start uh, Yossi starting to click like again. It. Yeah, Yossi, Yossi starting, starting to, to Yossi. <laughs> that yeah. was really that was really unfortunate. That was really unfortunate what happened with McDonough at the end of the Lightning game that he takes a penalty against his oh, former yeah. team. 
and it was a it was a penalty that ended up, ended up allowing the Lightning to tie the game to get it mm-hmm. to overtime. That was very unfortunate for yeah. him. It was clearly a penalty. I, I'm not saying it was a bad call, yeah. but but um, just unfortunate for him to. I'm sure that was hard to sit in the penalty box and watch mm-hmm. that at the time. Yeah. But, I was um, glad that the referees called. Uh, was it the? I can't remember. It was the where they put Pat Maroon in the penalty box because he grabbed a hold of Dante Fabro. I can't remember who the predator player who went who got a penalty, but I was glad that they called that because, like, I think the Lightning get away with a lot of dirty stuff. So, well, that's well noted. We know that very dirty, especially Pat that. Maroon. He's he's probably one of the dirtiest players out there. Yeah, in my well, opinion. Like I said, I'm happy they got a point out of it because yep. they had they had no business even getting one point out of that game. It wasn't their best effort, but UC Soros had a great game and Forsberg got the early goal and it kind of salvaged the game for them. But um, I plan on going to the, uh, when the Preds come down here on December 8th, I plan on going yeah. to it. So I will report back with how that goes um, in enemy territory down here in Tampa. Cause I will be decked out in my Preds gear for that. You know, so, paint your face and all that stuff. I, no, I don't know about <laughs> painting my face. I don't know about that. I might leave that part out, but the rest of it. Yes, it'll be all, no it'll, it'll be all Preds. All right, guys, this has been a really fun episode. We're happy to be back. Appreciate all the live commenters here. Catfish and Ice, episode 159 with Chad Minton, Kyle Perkins, Rich Howe. We will see you coming up here very soon for a brand new episode, episode 160. We will see you then. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. This has been Catfish and Ice, episode 159, brought to you by DraftKings. Have a great week, everybody. Have a good one. See y'all.